Hey, so I'm so excited. I want to share with you about one of our new sponsors, Starglow Media. They have this amazing show for all of you with younger kids called Mysteries About True Histories. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers and on adventures through time packed with puzzles and hidden equations, histories, and laughs. You all know Alana, our co-founder at Sproutable. She listened to the show with her seven-year-old and loved it. They would pause the show and try to figure out the math problems together, loved learning about different cultures and the histories around the world. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and so much more. Math is geared Math is what they call it. Math is geared towards kids six and over, but can be enjoyed by the entire family. Episodes drop every Thursday, and they're about 15 minutes, perfect length for the car rides, mealtime, break time, bedtime. Each episode is stacked with so much laughter, and your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories math with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Welcome to the 2019 Summer Series on the Joyful Courage Podcast, friends. This is our first week of revisiting some of your favorite past shows, some of my favorite interview guests. I am thrilled to be connecting back to this powerful content and thrilled to give you another chance to capture some nuggets that you may have missed the first time around. For those of you that are new to the show, hi, welcome. I'm Casey. I'm your host. I am a positive discipline trainer. I'm a parent coach, and I've got two teenagers of my own that I get to practice, practice, practice with each and every day. I am thrilled, thrilled, thrilled that you're here. The show that we're going to revisit today is episode 57 with Sharon Ballantine. I love to replay this show because it was recorded as I was just entering into parenting teenagers and I had no idea what was waiting down the line. Every time I re-listen, I'm inspired to get better at getting out of the way of my teens and to continue to do my best to drop the fear and move with curiosity, which I talk about a lot on the show. Sharon Ballantine is an author and a parent coach. She always felt that one of her missions in life was to be the best parent she could possibly be. She sees parenting as an ongoing process and certainly that it can be full of challenges and choices. Sharon's greatest joy is being with her three adult kids. And through the happy times and the tough times she experienced as her kids were growing up, she became inspired to write her first book, The Art of Blissful Parenting, which you will hear us talking about on the show. It's a labor of love and guides parents on the practical and spiritual aspects of raising happy, self-reliant kids by teaching parents to tap into their internal guidance. You will connect, if you've been listening, a lot from previous shows recently, solo shows that I've done about the law of attraction. We talk a little bit about that. And I just know you're going to take away so much from this conversation, even if you've heard it before. I know that there are so many bits and pieces here that will be huge ahas. So big, huge love. Enjoy the show. 
So I'm really, really excited about my guest today, Sharon Ballantine. She is just a phenomenal human being, and you will hear over the course of our conversation that we are kindred spirits. We are speaking the same language, and she and I are going to spend some time today talking about our teenagers and specifically that lovely period of time where they are venturing out of the cave. Yes, thank God, right? Thank God for adolescence because if it wasn't for adolescence, we never would have left the cave. I love that movie. What is it? The Croods? Is that what it's called? The Cave. It's a cartoon and it's the cave family. And I think that it does such a great job of, I mean, going kind of extreme, but it really exemplifies what it's like to have a teenager. And teenagers, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out who they are. And to do that, they've got to try on a bunch of different hats. And as painful as it can be for us, um, it's important that we just celebrate them and their exploration. And so that's what you're going to hear about with uh, Sharon and I today. So anyway, big love to all of you. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy the conversation. Sharon, welcome to the Joyful Courage Parenting Podcast. Thank you, Casey. I'm really excited to be here. Me too. Glad that you're here. Will you please tell the listeners a little bit about your journey to doing what you do? Well, it all started when I I had my three children and I wasn't sure how I was going to parent them. And I had been a my whole life had been really in tune with my own internal guidance. And I thought that I was going to find all of my answers with all of the experts in books. And that turned out to be not available to me because for some reason I was not able to read any of those books. You know, when I would go to reach for them to to help me with whatever issue was going on with my children, I couldn't do it. And I realized that the only way that I was going to be the effective parent that I wanted to be was to really tap in to my inner self. And I thought then I would have all of the perfect answers in parenting, but I was to find out on my journey that teaching my children about their own internal guidance and then allowing them to use it was going to be an entirely different thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and talk a little bit about inner guidance. So Prior to having kids, how did you, how was your, the system that you feel you had going into motherhood, what, what had you developed already? Well, we have, each of us has our own internal guidance, you know, that Mm -hmm. another word for our heart space, our gut. I started to notice, you know, before I was a parent, long before I was parenting that I could really manifest what I wanted when I was joyful and feeling really good. It just started, I didn't know about the internal guidance system per se. I just started to notice that it all worked in harmony. And I wanted to really tap into that with my parenting and teach my children how to use theirs. Mm -hmm. Because after I had become sort of a master at, at, you know, what didn't work in parenting, which was trying to control my kids, I realized that the true true essence of parenting really has to come from your heart. It really has to come from how do you feel as you're having every interaction with your child? Yeah. 
Well, and it's reminding me of a little book that I picked up not too long ago. Well, it's been a few years called The Secret. Are you talking about (laughs) manifesting what you want in life simply by just being in a really good headspace and being really clear on your goals and just tapped into your own centered way of being? That is in part what I am indeed talking about. So The Secret is sort of the icebreaker tip of the iceberg for mm-hmm. the law of attraction law you know, of attraction our, yes our universal law that governs our universe and when we're joyful when we have that clear connection to our higher self our source our well-being mm-hmm. which is our joy mm-hmm. then we have access to all the answers that we're looking for which help us create and manifest everything we want and i think that is so important to and i call it alignment yeah it is so important to be in alignment when we are parenting because we want all of the answers for, you know, to have that great communication with our kids, to, you know, have that harmony in our family. And if we aren't in alignment, we don't have that access to yeah. our well being, manifesting what we want. You know, each conversation, each thought that we have is our own personal manifestation. And so we have to stay in that positive, good feeling place to be able to have that access. And I know our kids and life and, and our own head gets us out of that often. So it's about doing the practice of getting back to feeling good because we're not going to feel good every day of our lives. Right. But, but we get to choose what we do to find our joy again. I love that. And I love that, that you know, I love being really explicit to parents that it's like you said, you know, life, our head, conflict, things show up that kind of get us off course. But part of the power too, what I find and what I talk about is also recognizing when you are off course, rather than just, you know, being there kind of in that, um, what do I say? Well, so with clients, I'll say, you know, you can, you're in, there's a moment when you're in the conflict. And then there's that moment where you can look out at the conflict. Right. So that's kind of what I'm hearing you saying is recognizing when you're in, when you are off track and then developing practices to coming back to that place of peace and joy and connectedness within yourself. And you're ever more available than to have all sorts of effective, helpful, loving um, ways of being with your children so that they can then move forward through whatever it is that they're handling as well. Absolutely. And, you know, it all starts our internal guidance system is our feelings. You know, Mm -hmm. our feelings are our indicator to whether we are moving closer to what we want or away from what we want. So when we're interacting in life or with our children, how are we feeling with what is happening? You know, the feelings are the indicator. And if we're feeling bad and start to get upset, then we want to become the observer, like you were talking Mm -hmm. about before, is, is stepping outside. But the only way that you can become the observer is sometimes to step away. And that means leaving the room. Mm-hmm. I, I tell parents, leave the room until you can get yourself back in alignment so you can have that conversation you want with your child. Because we know that sometimes when that momentum of feeling bad is, is really heated up, yeah. you can't stop dead in your tracks and go, oh, I'm going to feel good now. You know, that's yeah. not the way it works. <laughs> no, you know. I try. I yeah. try. Like, typically, I see myself standing at the sink full of tension and irritation and resentment. And it's like, wow, I'm really in tension and resentment right now. Maybe I should shake it off. And then this other little voice that says, no, screw that. They need to know that I'm really upset right now. <laughs> 
it's this whole lovely little conversation until I get to the point of like, okay, really relax. Yes. Movement, yeah. movement is also another thing that helps me um, and my kids, my son specifically, uh, get back to that place of alignment is he'll do jumping jacks or we'll take a walk or I'll take a walk or I'll do a little yoga or, you know, movement also is something that helps me in my own personal practice of coming back to the parent that I want to be for my kids. Absolutely. And I love the movement as well. And sometimes we just need to just completely change the subject. Mm -hmm. We need to, you know, go out and take a walk or take a bath or read a book and and not give any energy to whatever it is that that didn't feel good, that conversation. And then once that momentum slows down, then try again and start that conversation over. That can really be productive. Yeah. Dance parties help too. (laughs) I love to dance. (laughs) (laughs) So today, Sharon, I want to talk specifically about teenagers. Um, And I know, right? I have one now. We're six months in, so I'm fully indoctrinated. Um, Although I have a feeling that much of what what we're going to cover is going to be useful for all kids, but I do want to focus specifically on our teens and, um, and the process of differentiation. And I was preparing for this call and I pulled out because I'm a positive discipline trainer and we have a whole book around positive discipline for teenagers. And I searched for the word differentiation. And what I found instead was a word that is individuation, (laughs) (laughs) which I think is the same. (laughs) It's the same concept, right? The need, the internal need for adolescents to find who they are, to figure out who they are. And it's this like really what I'm now what I kind of was on the outside looking in on, I am now fully engaged in that process of my teen who's only 13, but she's definitely looking, just trying things on and playing around with things. And it's such a weird, when I think about it, it's such a weird time of life because you're not, you've moved past elementary my daughter's going to be in eighth grade. So that's, you know, the oldest in our local middle school, but still not totally in that high school mode, but not anywhere near an adult. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well-being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first First box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month 
while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. Hey, everybody. Listen, I'm so excited to give you an update on Songfinch. Songfinch delivers. I shared last month that I was going to have them create an original song for Ian, my graduating senior. Well, the song is done and the process of co-creating it with the artist on Songfinch was so cool. I got to provide details and ideas and then the musician of my choice wrote up the lyrics, put it to the music that I picked and the results are so cool. I can't wait to surprise Ian with it. I will be sure to record it and share it with all of you. Songfinch is an innovative service that lets you create an original radio quality song inspired by your own life and the people you love. It's completely unique, personal, and it lasts forever. After moving through their process, you get the final results in four to seven days. For a limited time, Songfinch is letting our listeners upload their song to Spotify for free. So you and the lucky person you gift it to can listen to it anywhere, anytime. Whether your song is for Father's Day, an upcoming graduation, wedding, or anniversary, or even just a gift to show your loved one how much you care. Start your song now to lock in one of Songfinch's top artists. Go to songfinch.com slash joyful and start your song. After you purchase, you'll be prompted to add Spotify streaming for your original song for free, which is a $50 value. Again, my URL is songfinch.com slash joyful. Don't forget to share your song with us too. songfinch.com slash joyful. And so there's so much, like, like I'm moving my body around right now. Like, <laughs> ah, it's just, there's so many <laughs> places of rub, right? Where it's like, yeah. I know I need to let you figure this out. And can I just tell you <laughs> what I think, right? Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, so, right. Tell me more about differentiation and make the distinction for my listeners. Well, you know, I like to call it their years of discovery, You know, the teenage years are their personal years of discovery. You know, they're programmed for this. We don't have to take blame for it. It is in their DNA. And as they're trying on all the different hats of who they are creating themselves to be, you know, moving forward, it gets uncomfortable. It gets uncomfortable for them. It gets uncomfortable for us. Mm -hmm. But you know that our attitude and our perspective will determine whatever experience we have. So I, my children are in their 20s. They all, of course, had to go through their teen years. And I think we, it, we had it all. I mean, whatever you can think of, we pretty much experienced it. Mm-hmm. And we did live through it. And they, they <laughs> managed to survive my parenting. But, you know, I had to learn the hard way, Casey. I had to learn because fear, which parents go into fear mode during the teen years. Why? Because we have no idea what our kids are going to do, try, be. So I had not decided I wasn't going into fear and had not done the work per se. So I went full on into fear mode as I watched my children make choices that I didn't think were their best choices. So I tried to step in and control the outcome, Mm -hmm. the situation, because I was in fear. And when we're in fear, we we want to go into control mode because it's our way of coping. Yeah. And 
I discovered my best path in parenting when I had to come full circle. And first of all, I had become a master of what didn't work because control never works. I mean, if, if you try and control your child and your teenager, especially, you will find this to be true. But I guess I needed to do it the hard way. It all worked out, but I had to hit that parental brick wall of my relationship with my child is going down the drain because I'm in control mode and they're pushing back. They don't want to be controlled. They want to be left to discover who they are. And, you know, once you are actually able to do that, and, and it can be a process, it is a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing to watch. But you have to, we, we want to keep our heads on straight and we want to hopefully choose ahead of time that, we're, that we want to embrace the new identity that our children are, are choosing. Right. Because it won't be their final identity. If it looks really bad today, guess what? It's going to change tomorrow. And that's the great news. <laughs> well, and it's so funny that we're talking about teenagers. And I keep thinking that everything you're saying is so helpful for parents of toddlers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it really Another awesome. time when control <laughs> is not really what's going to be helpful and effective, right? Yeah. And how those each day is different and we move through all of our experiences. I think that's so powerful to remember who they are today is not necessarily who they'll be in a week or two weeks. And so, like I mentioned, I have a, um, a 13-year-old and, um, you know, even I'm just going to give an example you know, even with makeup. So I'm really hands off. And, uh, and it turns out that girls today are better at putting on makeup than I have ever been in my entire life because of something really special called YouTube. I mean, my daughter has so many makeup accessories and brushes and all sorts of things, none of which I spend money on, all of which she uses her allowance to buy. And that was like one of the first rubs that we came up against, my husband especially saying, you know, you don't need to wear so much makeup. You don't need, you know, why? And I finally had this epiphany of, you know, she's 13. And my guess is that this is all really fresh and new and exploratory. Um, I get a little worried when I, because she has voice like, well, I feel really insecure without makeup, which kind of hurts my heart. But she, I, you know, I remember being in high school and really not, you know, it was like messy hair and not really so worried about it <laughs> once I got into high school and, and remembering and having a conversation with my husband about that too. Like what she's, what she's exploring right now, she's going to be either done with exploring or exploring it in a different way three or four years from now. And so might as well love her, support her not tease her, not make her feel bad about it, but just be in relationship with her through it. Absolutely. You know what? We want to really avoid at all costs of making our children, you know, feel bad about right. who they are, even if we look at them and can't imagine what they're thinking. You know, we don't... <laughs> Which I'm sure my parents still look at me today and have those moments of that. <laughs> I had it all the time with, with my teens, but you really want to just... Do your best to stay out of fear. And guess what? That means taking care of, of yourself because parenting is about you, not your child. Yeah. And if you're doing the work to stay in alignment and listen to your internal guidance system and keep yourself centered and happy, you will have a much easier time of dealing with 
what appears to be craziness all mm-hmm. around you. Because when you're centered, you have your coping skills. Right. And I think it's interesting too, how quickly we, I, I think fear comes into for, t- well, there's two reasons that are popping in. First of all, my own experience as a teenage risk taker, like, oh gosh, don't be me. Good news. She has no <laughs> desire to be anything like me. So hopefully that'll help her. Um, but then the other thing, like we said, like you had mentioned already that unknown, you know, when they're not with us in our space, they're out in the world. And when I talk to parents about using positive discipline, I'm always quick to say, you know, these tools, these skills, the relationship that you're in with your child is, is no guarantee that they're not going to make a bad choice, but it ups the likelihood that they're going to be be in cooperation, that they're going to be in contribution. You can always hope, you know, I think it starts with, um, teaching your child, you know, the, the, positivity and and having high standards for them. And setting the example is so important. You know, we our children have to watch us live what we want them to embody. Mm-hmm. And that's where it all starts. And of course, even with that, there are no guarantees they're going to do their own thing. But I, 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 if everybody can remember and say to themselves, you know, maybe on a daily basis, this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. And it, it is a truth. You know, everything that we went with, through with my children, we all survived and they survived. And it was all, they are the most delightful, productive human beings in their 20s. And, and they're fantastic. Right. But we went through some very not fun times. And I was constantly having to do my own, per, excuse me, my own personal work so I could right. help guide them and inspire them and not be the person that they were pushing against. Yeah, and I, I'm quick to say often, it's kind of my tagline, that our kids are our teachers. And it's been proven time and time again in my own personal experience, right? When yes. I'm finding, yes. you know, when I have those moments of, oh, I can't believe you just rolled your eyes, or, oh my gosh, what are people gonna think if you dress like that, or whatever. It's any of those kinds of moments are great opportunities to take my perspective and shift it towards myself and say, where is this coming from? What can Absolutely. I learn in this moment, right? And maybe it's, a, maybe it's an exercise, again, on finding my alignment. Maybe it's just an opportunity to show up and hold space for my child. Even as they fall apart, it's a great practice for me to not get pulled into what's happening for them, which I think is a life skill that only is developed within the experience, right? Um, Yes, it is a life skill that is practiced and mm -hmm. you practice it really your whole life because your children are still people when they're in their 20s and beyond. They're still human beings and stuff happens. So it's a life skill that you practice. You know, you practice that internal guidance system, paying attention to it, to all of your alignment. It, It never ends, but it's fun. It's great. It's the joy in life is taking care of ourselves and making sure that we are our best so we can be those, you know, rocks for our children. You know, if our children feel like we are their foundation, Mm -hmm. always, even when times are tough, that we are that rock, I promise you, it makes a huge difference in what your relationship looks like in the future with that child. Love that. What about when our kids 
exploration and the differentiation process leads them down into some self-harming roads or really risky behavior when they're engaging in, you know, really the scary stuff that's out there, you know, sex and drugs and alcohol and stealing and you know, I could list them all off, but I don't want to freak out my listeners. We all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> How, what are your yeah. tips about distinguishing between the different, you know, them pulling away just in this ex- really natural exploration process and, hey, it's time to step in and get some help? Yeah, that is a broad range of what you yeah. just put, you know, before me. And <laughs> sorry about I, that. No pressure. Yeah, no, no pressure. It's okay. It's, <laughs> again, step one, tapping into our internal guidance. Okay. We're faced with a situation with our children and it, it looks bad. You know, mm-hmm. maybe it, I'll take them one of the most extreme, you know, they're stealing. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, there are going to be natural consequences to what our children do. And I know that I, I used to just let it unfold in a lot of those situations. Like my children weren't stealing, but let's say if your child is caught stealing by the authorities, you know, mm-hmm. you have to allow those natural consequences to unfold. And in, in some of those cases, I believe that it was not a good thing to add sort of insult to injury. Sure. You know, I'm going to give you an example. My, my middle daughter she skipped her entire half of her junior year because she had better things to do than go to class, the most important year of her her life, really. Mm-hmm. And of course, we had instilled the, all of the, everything that, how important school is. Mm-hmm. She, we could not force her to go to school and we really didn't know that she was skipping. And she, the school gave her the opportunity for redemption, come back mm-hmm. to class and you're fine, don't skip anymore. She, she chose still skip and she lost those credits. So I asked my child, I was always asking my children questions, you know, Mm -hmm. how do your actions make you feel? You know, teaching them to tap into that guidance. How do what just happened or what you just did, how does it feel to you without me telling them how it should feel? How does it really feel? And what is your big picture? So I asked my daughter the big picture question, do you want to walk with your class next year as a junior? Oh, yes, mom. I want to walk with my class. Mm-hmm. So she was in a bit, a big deal of trouble and lacking credits. And so she had, how did she make it right for herself? She had to go to her senior year and then do half her junior, junior year after school. Ah, and so yeah. the, those were her natural consequences, like double the school in one year for skipping and taking it easy the year before. And she had a choice to not participate, but she chose to participate because it was so important that vision she'd created, which was walking with her class. I love that. And it's, it was so important to her. So somehow I, this is, this so lands for me because I came from a family where education, I mean, obviously everybody thinks education is important, but it was really drilled into us. And <laughs> um, and the safety net, you know, and there was, I was grounded a lot. We'll just say that. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but I think that what you are talking about is so important. And that's where the real work happens is when you can sit down with a child who you find out has skipped three months worth of school and you can say, wow, I'm wondering about what your goals are. 
I'm wondering about when you take a step back and think about next year being a senior, graduation, what are you hoping this is going to look like for you? And then what do you need to do to make sure that that happens versus I can't believe you would do this. What are you thinking? Right? That whole lecture, don't you care, blah, 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 you're grounded, you know, it's so not forwarding and not helpful. They feel yes. the, they feel, quote, feel the pain, but it's not, it, but it gets shifted into my parents are so lame or, you know, instead of, wow, I've really dug a hole for myself and now I'm going to have to work extra hard to get out of it. Absolutely. And it teaches your children to look at the big picture. You know, yeah. what, whatever their age, there's always going to be a bigger picture because they're moving forward in their life. And the natural consequences of my daughter's actions were the school took away her credits. Mm -hmm. So how productive would it have been for me to add insult to injury, ground her, punish her? Right. My belief system says that is not productive and that is not going to get her in a good feeling place, which is where she needs to be to productively move forward in her own life. See what I'm saying? Totally, totally. Jane Nelson, the author of the Positive (laughs) Discipline book says, where do we ever get the crazy idea that in order to do better, children need to feel worse? Children do better when they feel better. And, And that whole concept, those questions you were asking remind me of something that we teach, which is called simply called curiosity questions. And going into the conversation, like I heard you doing, without an agenda, without already deciding that you know the answers you want to hear, but really instead being very, which I think is way more respectful, when we can go into conversations like this, especially with our teens, but really with all of our kids, simply being curious. Because I can, I do, if I'm being totally honest, make (laughs) loads of assumptions about how my kids feel, what they're thinking, what they want, when in reality, they're the only ones that really know that. Exactly. And I love how you put that. They're the only ones that really know that. And it is their job to create their lives. This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. 
I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. not ours. And, you know, I put way too much time in thinking I was the one that needed to create it safely and for their highest good. But that was an illusion Mm -hmm. that I was feeding into. And it never got me what I wanted ever. It only ate away at our relationship. And until I let them go and remembered that I had taught them about their internal guidance system, because I had, I just, there was a time I wouldn't let them use it because of my fear, when I went full circle, like I mentioned before, and said, you know what? And there's a time I gave my 14-year-old son back his life, we call it, it's in my book, on a silver platter. Mm -hmm. And I had that download, that remembering from the universe that, oh, right, I've taught you. I have to trust you that you know what your path is and you're going to make mistakes and they're yours to make. And that's your learning curve. And I'm here to support you and guide you. I'm right here. I'm not going anywhere, but you're in charge of your life. Not me anymore because it didn't work out well. (laughs) Right. And it's funny, right? When we, when they're learning skills, like in a, in a sport, right? So they get coached in a sport and they get coached on these skills. Here's how to kick a ball really well. Here's the steps to take, you know, to defend whatever you're defending. Mm -hmm. And then they have to go to practice every week before the big game. (laughs) Right, And it's, you know, and we forget, I think, as parents, as adults, well-meaning, loving adults, we forget that it's not enough just to talk to them about, about skills, about how to navigate the world, but we actually have to allow them to practice. And I think adolescence is the great, the big game, right? (laughs) It, it is the game changer. And yeah. we allow them to practice by getting out of our own way, which is letting go of our fear. Because our yeah. fear is just kind of natural. We care about our kids. We want them safe and, and well-balanced. But at the end of the day, we don't have control of that. There's so much that goes on when we're not watching. So we want to give our children that that strong foundation to know what we live is, you know, what we preach. and. Yeah. Be there for them and guide them and inspire them without telling them how they should feel and what they should do. And I know it's not easy. And it that word practice comes back in. You get up every morning and you set that intention yeah. that you're going to feel good today. You're going to have a great time with your child that day. And you're just going to be easy about it. You know, if we're easier mm-hmm. and chill out more, yeah. because we, we're the ones that make it all up. We, oh, we yeah. really do. Our kids are having a good time. They're, they're, they're following their bliss. They are following their internal guidance system to their best path. And we're stepping in going, no. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. Yeah. Oh that my kind gosh. Of fun you don't get to have. Yeah, that is so true. And wouldn't you say though that fear, I mean, it wouldn't, it's not about eliminating fear. It's about recognizing when, because I think that there's healthy fear and then there's unhealthy fear, right? Well, I, I've, 
Yes and no. I don't think using that word, the you know, the fear word, mm-hmm. you know, concern and caring are what feel better to me. You okay. know, back to the internal guidance system. How good does it feel to say fear? Ooh, that's just my personal thing of being tapped in. How does it feel when we think, when we speak, when we interact? And that word to me doesn't feel good. So we can use our concern constructively okay. by by taking care of ourselves and doing, because remember, parenting is about us, not our child. So it goes back to us taking care of ourselves, staying out of fear by getting back to our joy mm-hmm. and, and being selfish about that joy. What are some ways, because you had said that you had spent time helping your kids develop their internal guidance system. So what are some tips that you have for parents that are listening right now around supporting their kids? Well, and it starts, you can start this very early, you know, with a child that is, you know, cognitive, Mm -hmm. you know, how does it feel when you're playing with that friend? Let's say if your son or daughter is complaining about a a friend situation, you know, how does it feel? Why do you think you want to be friends with that person. You know, another example might be your child is your son is playing a video game that you think is too violent, but they love their video game. So you ask that child, well, what is what is it about that game that makes you feel bad? What is it about that game that makes you feel good? Why do you want to play that game? And what do you think you're learning from it? Mm-hmm. You know, none of those questions are anything that would ever occur to them to ask themselves. Right. But when you teach your child to really tap into how they're feeling about everything in their lives, oh gosh, by the time they're a teen and then going out into the world, they have such a strong sense of knowing who they are. There will never be anyone that they will allow to tell them what's right for them. Oh, I love that. And this makes mm-hmm. me feel good because I do have one child who is very tuned into his gut. Cool. Yeah. And to the point where it's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> when he says, mommy, I my, my tummy's telling me I need to talk to you. I have oh. to like <laughs> take a deep breath and be prepared. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful though. I love that. That's it such is. a great example. And, you know, children, we can encourage them, like I said, by asking those questions and and of course, they'll do everything at their own pace and mm-hmm. they might not really be good at it within themselves till later or they might get it right away. And we also don't want to be attached to their timeline. Right. You know, one of the mistakes that we make as parents is we have this timeline that has worked for so many years in all our different life subjects and we want to gift our children yeah. with this timeline. And wow. It, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, no, it sure doesn't. And my daughter is really good at that. I'm not you. <laughs> oh, <that's- laughs> Thank you for the reminder, I say, in my more graceful moments. So Sharon, tell us a little bit about your book. My book, The Art of Blissful Parenting. I love the title. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, we all know, Casey, that every moment, like we've been talking about, of parenting is not blissful, but in my book, the message I I want to share with parents and the takeaway that I want to give them is that you can have your ideal relationship with your kids and you can have more bliss. And the key to more 
ease in your relationship with your child is following your own internal guidance system, tapping into those feelings. And then once you get really good at knowing your own inner self, teaching your children how to know their inner selves. Mm. So my book is full of stories of all the things that I did with my kids that didn't work. You know, they're great stories of (laughs) when I was in my control mode, I, you know, took my son to a food clinic because I thought he was putting on too much weight and I had to hide the snacks because he was gorging and it was just a nightmare. He didn't have to change. I did. And it all worked out when I did change and I did give him back his freedom to figure out for himself how food made him feel and how food worked in his life without me trying to direct it. So there are lots of great stories, you know, in my book about different aspects of mm-hmm. our life together. All three of my children wrote a section in my book. I said, ah, you know, it. I'd love you to write, you know, a few paragraphs, whatever you want. I won't tell you what to write, an experience of our life together. And they did that. And it's just the highlight of my of my life that they did that. Well, I find it really powerful and always I'm really grateful when um, people who write about parenting are willing to talk about when they got it wrong, right? Sure. Because I think, I don't think that it does a big service to people when things are presented as, and I do all of this and everybody gets along and there's no meltdowns. Even if that's not specifically said, there's kind of this, overlying surface piece where it's like, ah, and then when the reader is like, oh my God, I'm doing this and it still feels, you know, intense or whatever. I just, so thank you for that. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. You're, you're so welcome. And I mean, aren't our best lessons learned from what went wrong? Oh yes. And, And that's why we want our children to participate for themselves in their choices of things that don't feel good, yeah. of things that go wrong. How else are they going to be able to properly choose their next best thing yeah. if they don't have that contrast? It's so important. Totally. So my last question for you today is, what does joyful courage mean to you? You know, that's the name of my business. So yes. I like to I like <laughs> to ask my guests what that phrase means to them. Well, first of all, I'd just saying the words joyful courage i mean how happy and positive is that it just <laughs> it just makes things brighter just to say those words so i think to me casey joyful courage means holding the intent the intention and deliberately creating joy in everything that we do with and without our children you know the courage is embracing our life and our path knowing that we can create whatever we want, having the courage to create our dreams. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Thank you for that. Where can listeners follow you and find your work? Are you on all the social media places? I'm on all the social media, SharonBallantine.com. Great. I'll make sure the link is in the show notes, listeners. You know, I'm good like that. Wonderful. And are you on, are you on Facebook and Instagram? I'm on Facebook. Yes. I'm on Twitter. Yep. Awesome. I'm everywhere. Great. Well, thank you. And I'm going to also put a link so that people can check out your book um, and buy it if they would like. So um, I'll make sure that's in the show notes, of course. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. You're absolutely welcome. I had the time of my life. Yay. 
Thank you so much for listening, friends. If you are feeling like you are needing more joyful courage, don't forget that there are many, many, many other shows to binge on. You can listen through the website, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to podcasts, simply search for Joyful Courage and you will find the whole bank of shows that already exist. You can also follow me on Instagram where I am currently doing monthly giveaways and sharing bits of my own story. I'm also on Facebook and I have two parenting spaces there, the Live and Love with Joyful Courage Facebook group and the Joyful Courage Parenting Teens Facebook group both exist as supportive places to be in community with other parents walking the path of relationship-based parenting. If you would like to give back, check out Joyful Courage on Patreon. This is a place where you can give a small amount to the show monthly and be in contribution to the sustainability of the show. Go to www.patreon.com slash joyful courage to find out more, including the perks and benefits of being a patron. Check out the Joyful Courage website for links to my new book, woohoo, and offers such as the Joyful Courage Academy for Parenting Teens and Individual Coaching. It's all good over there. People go check it out. So much love to you and to the Joyful Courage team. Chris, Tay, Allison, thank you for all of your ongoing support. And listeners, as you move through your day, remember to take a breath, feel your feet, sit up in that balcony seat and remember that everyone is going to be okay. Have a beautiful day. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us 